My name, my name is Will Arnett. And I feel absolutely ecstatic about being Conan O'Brien's friend. Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walking blues, climb the fence, books and pens, I can tell that we are gonna be friends. I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Now, you don't understand, I'm accustomed to that reaction every day. Oh, uh, okay. I wake up in the morning and I look in the bathroom mirror and I get that kind of response. Looking back at this Irish kisser right here, but this has got to be insane for these two. Yes. It's got to be crazy. Yes. Yeah. Do you want to get out of here? Yeah, let's, let's go. go. No, no. Okay. First of all, this is, I'm a vampire, this is my blood. And I have not had, I have not had the sweet sustenance of a crowd for a long time. So God bless you and thank you for being here. Yes! It's very nice, thank you. Thank you very much. It's hard to believe that what started out, how long ago, Matt? Like three, three years? Three years in about two weeks. Yeah, three yeah. years ago. And, um, oh, you got a groupie, Matt. That's what? fantastic. Hey! Wow. Oh, that's my sister-in-law. Oh, no, don't say that. <laughs> that's cheating. That, Matt, that deflates the whole thing. And why Matt. is your sister-in-law going, Matt, Matt? Because we're doing it right in the Lund family. <laughs> that's an obscene gesture. Stop it. Uh, no, this is, uh, this is quite unusual. It started yeah. out as a lark three years ago. We were just having fun. Uh, Sona was looking for another way not to work. And oh, that's nice. Thank you. Pretty much true. Pretty much everything I say is true. Oh, and every, we start, yeah, everything you say is true. And then it leads to this, a sold-out crowd of 65,000 people yes. at the Wiltern Theater. Wow. Oh, and upper row, you're allowed to cheer, too. Don't feel like you can't cheer. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. All right, thank you. Thank you very much. I love you too, sir. Now, listen. <laughs> it's important to remember that this is a podcast. Now, yes, many times I've gone in front of a live crowd and it's just been liquid sex as far as I'm concerned. Oh, man. Hey, you want to get out of here? Yeah, no, 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 no. Stay, stay. <laughs> There's more. All right. My point is that I go out in front of uh, live crowds and it's very exciting. This is the first time I've done a podcast. Now, the podcast, people are just going to be listening to this right. in their cars. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or wherever they are while they're jogging, they're going to be listening to this. This is an audio experience exclusively. You figured this out. <laughs> you, finally, you finally figured out what a podcast is. Thank you. Thank you. It's always nice to have two dicks on either side of me when I do a podcast. We're a ball and two dicks. <laughs> My point is that 
I come from a visual medium, so I would used to play to a large crowd like this, but I can't play to the crowd because people listening won't understand that. Right. But that's the great thing about podcasting. There are no rules. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, right. you can dance if yeah. you want to dance. I just, no, no. I, I, I'm sorry. No, I don't want to dance. <laughs> dance! No, that's dance, a word. No, dance, no. Dance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, now listen. Yes. Everyone driving in their Prius right now, listening to this shit, doesn't know what just happened. He stripped nude in dance. People don't know that I took off all my clothing. Did I just say clothing? Clothing. <laughs> I just said I took off all my clothing. Uh, we had Manhattans backstage. Uh, anyway. No, it, it, that's the thing I'm talking about, is that has no appeal. Right now, the people listening to this are annoyed that I clowned around in front of one of the largest crowds of maybe 750,000 people. Yeah. But I think people are filling in the blanks. It's theater of the mind. They know you're dancing, and they're imagining it, and it's better than it could ever be. Yes. Yeah. Imagining me dance far superior to actually seeing oh, yeah. this angular body, disproportionate... Uh, overly long legs, tiny torso, uh, no ass to speak of, moving around like a marionette that's been electrocuted. So right. no one wants to see that. <laughs> yep. I've spoken about that ass before. There's something there. <laughs> Your sister-in-law just left. <laughs> she just stood up and walked out. She lasted, she went from, hey, Matt, I'm here, to I've got to go. <laughs> In about uh, 35 seconds. That's fair. Uh, no, this is very exciting. And I also want to just uh, give... This is a, a great moment for me, too. I don't get to see these guys much these days because uh, Sona gave birth to twins, twin boys. And just... How long ago, Matt? It was very recent. A month and three days ago. A month and three days ago, I gave birth. Matt Gorley was the first man to give birth... You want to see my stretch marks? <laughs> no, but uh, this is uh, fantastic. Yeah. I love that. This is the first time, actually, you've left the house. I asked you, are you going to be okay coming to this and doing this uh, live show and leaving your wife and new baby at home? And before I even finished the sentence, he said, yes. <laughs> yes, I am. And I'll stay for six days. <laughs> I, I don't mean to be like indiscreet out of the bat, but I've been shat on by this child in a way I didn't think was possible. It was like, it happened and there was nothing in between the baby and me but a foot and a half in like in a movie when someone gets shot and they don't know they're shot and I just looked down and it was all over me. And it was just warm. Yeah. I've interviewed some of the greatest minds in history. Yeah. I've had, for 30 years, I've talked to everyone. I've talked to just some fantastic people, yeah. and now I'm here talking to you. It's up there, isn't it? About diarrhea on your chest from your baby. I'm sorry, I'm done. And uh, in front of a sold-out crowd of maybe 1.6 million people. Sona, yeah. what's your experience? What's your experience uh, with these twin boys? Yeah. And you send me, and I ask for pictures every day from Sona. I demand yeah. pictures. I send you pictures constantly. I do. Huh? Armenian dating site? Whoa, give them time. <laughs> They're fetuses, you creep. 
I think the gentleman in the uh, audience, and by the way, um, everyone in the audience, I just want to explain this to the people who are listening right now. It's, a, as I said, a massive audience. Everyone is wearing masks, not because of COVID, but because the laughter we feared would be too much. <laughs> <laughs> when I do a show now, the laughter is such that people have to wear, and this was long before COVID, have to wear cloth restraints. These are laughter dampeners? Laughter dampeners, which are only needed for me. Wow. Very few other comedians need them. Um, Thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Sona, tell us about your experience. Um, It's, you know, it's great. I mean, it is, there is a lot of shit, but it's twice as much shit than it was, than you probably have. It's also, Uh you know, a lot of spit up and... Okay, but it's let's sweet. focus on the, the, what about the mystery of creating life and what's your relationship with these two beautiful humans? The only two things that you two have talked about so far is excrement. And yeah, urine. we haven't talked about urine, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of pee. And All then right, because no, no, they're no. boys, when you take their diaper off, it's like a stream of just piss just coming over. As where girls are more like a bubbling geyser. It's, yes, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but it's like a fountain with, right. with the boys. Whereas uh, here, it's like a lava flow or a, it's a teeming stew. Yeah. Yeah, kind of a bog. Yeah. Yeah. I talked to President Barack Obama about six months ago. We talked about historical corollaries to what's happening now. Uh, But this, this we say for the live show. (laughs) President Obama was in town and asked if he could make an appearance, and I said, I'd love to, but we can't fit you in because I've slotted in six minutes for shit. <laughs> Children shit. Uh, talk to us. So yeah, the, the, I, I think what we should do to, to kick this show off is just to put some wind in the sails, get things started in the right way. I want to throw at you guys a few of the reviews that have been coming in for this show. Is that hey. a good idea? <clears throat> this always makes my, uh, my, my skin crawl. The, the con- this is the idea... I'm very thin-skinned, and the idea of, uh, and I've talked about this a lot on the podcast, the idea of being criticized yeah. frightens me, and then I chose this for a living, which is absolutely absurd. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the most public uh, way to be humiliated, and the most subjective, maybe, art of all. But anyway, go ahead, let it rip. Well, that's why I think we're <laughs> going to do this the right way, because I've pulled five-star reviews. In fact, it's hard to find anything that ain't a five-star review, oh, Conan. Okay, that's very nice. This is what you, here's a, uh, this is what's great. Surround yourself with people like this and you'll live a very happy life. Yeah, go ahead. Um, this is from No Question Mark, uh, and this is five stars, and the review is, what does Conan think about right before he goes to sleep? That's the review of the oh. podcast. <laughs> but that's a good question. So this person <laughs> clearly is thinking about them falling asleep while they're listening to the podcast. But they love the podcast. Five they love stars. the podcast, but they want to know what I think about before I go to yeah. sleep. I was curious, too, when I read that. Uh, I feel like a lot of things you probably think about, right? What are you talking about? I don't know. Why are you answering my question? <laughs> I... <laughs> it's a, such a personal question. You're like, I know this one. What do you think I think about, You're Sona? an overthinker. I feel like you would think, like, hey, that joke I said in 1996 didn't get as many laughs as I wanted it to. Yeah. yeah. It was 1997. <laughs> And it didn't get the laughs I thought it should have gotten. 
Uh, I do, I do, that is true. I do go over, I tend to go over things, and this is true, I'm constantly reviewing things that I did during the day that didn't go as well as I wanted them to go or something that I thought was funny and it didn't quite work as much as I wanted to. And I will conjure up things that were embarrassing to me from years and years ago, and what I do is I violently, in, I'll be in the bathroom like brushing my teeth and I'll just think of a moment where I totally missed it or I said something that didn't land and it didn't work, and I'll go, shit! <laughs> and my wife hears that. She hears me, and I'll be like, fucking asshole. Oh my God. And, and, and so when we lived in New York City, another true story, you're not late, folks, don't worry about it. Um, no one's even gonna notice. No one's gonna notice. Oh, those are my the other good, sisters-in-law. Yeah, the good thing is you're sitting up front. Um, Let's hope our tickets are in back. It says here, row A, seat A1. Um, anyway, glad you got here. Uh, my wife and I, when we lived in New York, lived in an apartment in a building called the Majestic on 72nd Street. And we had a, our bathroom, I didn't know this, but I would be in my bathroom and I was more intense back then than I am now, but I'd be doing the late night show and I'd be at the kitchen, I'd be at the sink in the bathroom, and at night something wouldn't have gone my way, and I'd be like, God damn it, come on! Come on, let's go! <laughs> I used to talk to myself like a drill sergeant, be like, come on, you can do better! And the weird thing is, foam from the toothbrush is coming out of my mouth, so I look like I'm, I have rabies. And I'm looking in the mirror going, God damn it, come on! Do better than that! And my wife just learned to put up with it, what we didn't know is later on, we moved to LA and the woman who lived across the street, she said that, oh, my mom lived next door to you what? in the Majestic. Oh, wow. And she said to us at one point, she'd hear you guys fighting. <laughs> and it was just you fighting with It yourself? was me alone. And she'd be like, yeah, she kind of heard you guys fighting, but I'm glad it all worked out. And my wife was like, that's, I'm not even there. That's You're Conan alone with foam coming out of his mouth going, God damn it, come on. Come on, you can do better than that. <laughs> Your wife is living in an M. Night Shyamalan movie. Yes. Shyamalan. Yeah, but an early one that has a good ending. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's move on. Okay. This is uh, titled A Review. Uh, <laughs> this is by Graham 111111. A said, Review by Graham 11111. I think this will make sense. Five stars. Hi. I'm Graham, and I'm 10, and my mom listens to this all the time when we take long road trips, which is a lot, and I guess I don't get what's happening, but it makes my mom laugh a lot. I like that because she loves to laugh. Oh. oh. Yeah. Isn't that nice? That's really sweet. It is, huh? But what's wrong with this kid? Why doesn't he get what's going on? <laughs> You're gonna you know find what I mean? Graham. This is gonna be me tonight in the yeah. bathroom. <laughs> God damn it, Graham, come on! <laughs> it's not rocket science, come on! <sighs> when I was 10, I got stuff, I wish to watch when he played that when I was 10. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's very sweet, Graham, and I'm, I'm glad that I make sweet. your mom happy, and, uh, you know, just really listen carefully and, and pay attention next time. Oh, why yeah. do you have to ruin it? Well, the kid's gotta know. It was so sweet, and you ruined it. Oh, I did I really? Yeah. Thanks, Graham. Thanks, Graham. One, Thanks, one, one, man. one, one. Well, <laughs> I did sort through. <laughs> it took me a long time. I searched and I searched, and I found a one-star review. Oh, no. Don't. 
I'm sorry. I really? Just, yes, I found one, and I think I think in like full transparency, we have to give equal time to all reviewers. And I just wanted oh, to read. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Okay. That, that's probably who wrote it. All right. No, I, I'm sorry. We work hard on this thing. Who would give this? I, I think we do a pretty good job. I could see not loving it, but who would give this podcast a one-star review? Well, it's someone named Bellissimo Italiano. All right. The title is Lacks a Certain Savoir-Faire, and it's one star. I don't know. What kind of asshole would give us one star? It doesn't make any sense. I really don't I know. wrote that review. Graham, if you're listening and you don't understand, <laughs> the worst guy I've ever known just walked onto the stage. His name is Jordan Schlansky. Worked for me for maybe a quarter century and I don't know what you've ever done for a job on my show. Jordan, did you really give our podcast one star? I did. Okay, well, <laughs> would you care to explain to people why you think it deserves only one star? Sure. If you're looking for insightful discussion with famous people and fun banter between likable co-hosts, sure, it's fine. My issue is with the title of the podcast. You made a very deliberate choice to call this Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Now, myself as an introvert who studies human societal interaction, <laughs> I consider this title at best misleading and in fact exploitative. You are appropriating the notion of social isolation for your own personal gain. You don't need a friend, you're going to dinners with Timothy Oliphant. And I know you and Oliphant walk into your restaurants like you own the place. Meanwhile, I also know you're holding the wine glass by the bulb instead of the stem like some kind of animal. I know you guys sit there all sophisticated, but your greasy fingerprints are all over the glassware. I haven't left my house in two years. I need a friend. Now, let me tell you something. <laughs> let me tell you, throughout the, throughout the course of human evolution, there were times where if you didn't have social contact, uh -huh. it was a matter of life and death. As a Neanderthal, without a strong tribe, you would not survive. <laughs> now, I think that is quite enough. Uh, <laughs> Jordan, we'll pick this up later. Jordan Schlatsky, everybody. A guy who literally, literally, and I'm not kidding, did nothing at my show for 25 years can walk out in front of a crowd of, I'm guessing at least conservatively 400 million people <laughs> at the Wilton Theater, and he's, gre he's greeted like the greatest matador of all time in, yeah. in Madrid. That was amazing. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. And he had a point. Let's do this, boss. <laughs> what happened? You know what's it's funny uh, when hecklers are wearing masks? <laughs> Not hecklers, but people that are shouting out encouragement and stuff, but they want us desperately to hear it. But they're sitting about eight rows back and their faces are wrapped in gauze. Yeah. And so all we're hearing is. <laughs> and that one sounded like a dying little match girl on a street corner or something. I don't <laughs> 
My guest tonight is a hilarious, in quote, actor <laughs> who starred in the Emmy Award-winning series Arrested Development and the Netflix series BoJack Horseman. He currently co-hosts the very funny podcast Smartless alongside... Jason Bateman and Sean Hayes, huh? Well, it takes three of them and one of me. I'm excited he's here tonight. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Will Arnett! I tried to take longer coming in for the intro. I tried to delay it as much as possible just to soak it in. <laughs> How's that working for you? Working really well. Hi, everybody. You see? That's what you do in an audience. You say, hi, everybody. Hi. And you try to relate to them, Conan. And by the way, you don't do this by yourself. Just for what it's Thank worth, you. right? Thank you. Thank you. Wow, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I consider these sorry. are these are orange obstacle cones. I must get around. Oh. Wow! Whoa. In every episode, I must navigate my my way through the perilous wow. <laughs> perilous traps that are laid for me by Sonam Obsession and Mr. Matt W. Gorley. <laughs> <laughs> I got a new middle name. <laughs> I just gave that to him for nothing. Wow. No, I'm fully aware of that. There's a magic here uh, that I absolutely love, and you are familiar with the magic, too. Yep. You have it with Sean Hayes. Bateman. Yeah. <laughs> Let's admit, Bateman is the weak link. Well, I don't like to think of him as a weak link as much as sort of dead weight, but... <laughs> <laughs> and... I mean, at least I wish his face was more delightful. He's always got a grimace. He legitimately, this is actually legitimately true, and we've talked about it. He doesn't realize sometimes that he looks like he's mad. He, I'll say to him, what do you think your facial expression is right now? And he'll say, I'm, I'm happy. And I go, you're, you're like this. You're grimacing. So he's convinced himself that he's got to go around the world kind of like this all the time. Just to get to normal. Yeah. But you know, you guys, how did this happen? Because you put together this fantastic podcast, and I know how that's done. <laughs> but I like when I don't audience get it. gasps in horror. These are people that paid to come see us, and then when I speak, they gasp in horror. I know. Uh, it's a sick thrill for them. I know. Um, they're, <laughs> they're like kids that went to see an autopsy. <laughs> what? <laughs> they're both repelled and intrigued. Um, no, but I'm curious. You have such a great chemistry with these guys. I know that you and Bateman have been friends for a long time. Yeah. And then Sean Hayes. How did, you, guys, you guys must have been friends as well. Yeah, Sean and I are old friends. And I actually was thinking about doing a podcast, because everybody's doing a podcast. Seems like anybody See, can, right? <laughs> well, I love your podcast. This podcast is one of the podcasts I really enjoy. 
understand. <laughs> what? Say it the way we rehearsed it. Okay. <laughs> this podcast is one of the ones I really enjoy. <laughs> and, and You're like one of those elevators in a foreign country. <laughs> Floor number three. <laughs> um, but I did do, we, I, I did your podcast a few years ago. And I thought, well, this is easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't. I, we had a lot of fun, and I was, yeah. I was already thinking of doing one, and I told, I made the mistake of telling Jason that I was going to do a podcast, and then he and Sean had dinner on the weekend, and they called me on Monday, and they said, we're doing the podcast with you. Right. And that's how that happened. And I right. Uh, yeah. Do you feel like you carry uh, more of the load? Yes. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> Let's open it up to the audience. No, no, JK. You know what's really funny? Uh, so I, I was. This is how I first heard about your podcast almost a year ago. How long? When did it come out? It started about a year ago, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. Whatever. Who cares? July twenty. You know. Trying to really pay attention to stuff. Yeah. Everything I touch just turns to gold. Uh, yeah. you know. So I was someplace uh, and I was talking to a group of people and these people came up that I didn't know and they said, oh my God, uh, we heard about you on the podcast Smartless. And I said, oh, that's, that's Will with those other guys. That's how I always think of it. Sure. Yeah. And um, she said, oh my God, and Stephen Colbert was on the show and he told this story and I went, uh-huh. Yeah. And, and, and this is me. I'm standing, I remember exactly where I was standing. I was in Santa Barbara on a street corner. And this, this couple said to me, yeah, he told this story about how you went skiing to get, his, Stephen Colbert said he went skiing with Conan O'Brien. And I said, that's true. We did go skiing together. We happened to be on the same ski mountain at the same time. We found out that we were there. We hooked up and we started skiing. It was really fun. And she went, yeah, and he told this story about how you got on a lift together. And I said, yeah, we rode a lift together. And she said, and then he told this story about how the lift got halfway up the mountain and got stuck and you really needed to um, relieve yourself. This is the way the podcast is going today. I don't know why. This is unbelievable. You just gave them a bunch of crap for yeah, talking yeah. about it, and now you're... I'm just... I'm quoting your podcast, man. Okay. <laughs> Conan, that's it, disgusting. Would you just clean it up really a little? Gross. Sorry, Matt. But anyway... It was on... It was on our... He is quoting but my Stephen smart told list, this which story. is wherever you get your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen told this story about how I defecated on children. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm on the lift and defecated on children below, hitting them with... Feces. And, this, and, and he said he said your feces came out like like Cheetos. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> like dry? So, yeah. Oh. So anyway. Brightly colored. Oh. I'm know. listening to this and I'm laughing really hard because I know that what Steven's doing and it's all like this is a good time. So I'm laughing really hard and the people look at me for a while and they went, so it's true, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I didn't know what to do at that point because I was stuck between saying the obvious thing, which is no. That's, I would tell the same story about Will or anybody else. It's just, we do that to each other. So I know exactly what Steven's doing. Of course I didn't do that. That's insane. But I could also see that they loved the story and it was one of the most amazing things they ever heard. <laughs> so I look at these people and went, yes. Yes, it's true. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. And I said, it's a thing I do. And they were totally freaked out. Oh, my God. So all I've done is perpetuate. 
Because you wanted to please those people. Yeah, I wanted to make well, them you happy. You want to make them happy, and you didn't want to tell them that Santa wasn't real in that moment. You know, I envy you for not much, but... Uh, <laughs> God, it was so close to a compliment. I know, no, no, no. I was like, it always turns. It, no, always I'll get it. I'll get it. I'll get it. Yeah. Oh, here it is. Um, I think you have one of the best voices in the business. You've got a, you've got pipes. And one of the things that I was reluctant to do a podcast, you know, I was kind of reluctant to do a podcast because I don't. I've never liked my voice. I, I'm not a fan of my voice. Ditto. <laughs> I thought we were being on it. No, it is so good to have you here. It's great to be here. It's so good to have you. It's great to be here. Yeah. Anyway, we all know that my voice can be a little reedy and at times annoying. You have this amazing... You have this... Amazing... I mean, first of all, you're, you're, you are Batman. I think you're the only Batman now. I really do. I put you above Christian Bale. I think you are the Batman. I don't care that you're Lego Batman. To me, I don't even care. It doesn't matter to me. You are Batman made of Legos, but you are Batman. Thank you. Lego Batman. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, thank you. It's very kind of you to say. Toy I, Batman. What's that? Toy <laughs> Yeah, Batman. It's a toy, yeah. Still. But still, still I still consider you Batman of the toy category. But still... <laughs> Still kind of Of the say. Lego Batman. <laughs> I defy anyone to be a better Lego Batman than you. But you're leaving the room in case there is. There might be other people right. out there. I'd like right. to hear them. I'm not familiar with others, but 40% chance. Bring it. Okay. Well, the, if, you're, if you are complimenting me. Yes, I am. This is as good as it gets. Thank you. <laughs> if I were you, I would grab this. Yeah, yeah. Take it. Grab this coin and shove it in your pocket. Yep. It's tough, right? Yeah. You guys yeah. you guys know, because I've seen, and I'm going to give the audience like a little bit of a clue what it's like behind the scenes uh. working for Conan. It's a nightmare. Yeah. And <laughs> these poor people, they are prisoners. And yep. this is a true story. Uh, just before the show, Conan got a coffee delivered to him. And then he told his assistant um, to fuck off. And... <laughs> yeah. Not Sona. This is David Hopping. Who's no, 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 not I Sona. I would never talk to Sona that way. Yeah. Oh, no. This is David Hopping, to be fair. This is David Hopping, uh, who's filling in for Sona. That's right. I would never say that to you, Sona. No. Never. This is the way I talk to David Hopping. <laughs> right. You told him, fuck off and get out of the room. I said, fuck off, get out of the room. <laughs> he did. Yeah. And you did, but you did not look at him. No. No. I, no. Of course yeah. not. Um, it's a guy bringing me coffee. I'm going to look at him. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> He's never seen him. <laughs> no story Colbert could make up about me would be worse than the stuff I say about myself. <laughs> I know. Although, that, you bring up an interesting point. I think I've talked about this on our podcast. When, when people say, I love when people say, nobody, I mean, you know, it was rough, but nobody's going to be rougher on me than myself. And I always think, Give me a crack at it. <laughs> I bet you I'll be rougher on you than you'll be on yourself. <laughs> I'm not a mean person, but it just it's for fun. Well, this is something we have in common. And yeah. to be honest, I, I think, let's be honest here for a second, that finally, you and I are, I'll speak about you, genuinely nice, very genuinely nice person. 
I like to think of myself as a genuinely nice person. Hold on, hold, hold the laughter and jeering. But I love to pretend to be the worst guy in the world. Yeah. And so there have been many times, I don't know if you've had this, but there are many times where I have totally fake lost it on people. Like David Hopping did come in and he's the sweetest guy in the world and he yeah. went in and he came in, in, into the room in front of, you've met David Hopping before. Many so, times. And so he came into the room and he went, oh, Conan, here's your coffee. And I'm like, get the fuck out of there! And I yelled at him and he went, yes, yes, yes. And he bowed and like let, walked out of the room. And you know that I'm kidding. I also David did, knows I also, I'm kidding. I know I'm kidding. But occasionally there have been other people around yes. who've seen it and they've been like, oh, but that guy's a monster. Yeah. And I, I worry about them. Do, what do those people think? Yeah. Because they don't know. You understand, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've knocked food out of my hand so many times. Sure. And every once in a while, sure. there's a person who you'll look over and he'll be horrified yeah. that you did that. We were taping the podcast the other day on Sunset and Gower, across the street from Sunset and Gower, and we're taping it. And I hadn't seen Sona a little bit. And um, I come in, and she looks so beautiful. Oh. Uh, she is such a... And she's showing me... And I, I miss her. I haven't seen her. I don't see her in person as much now. And it's such a nice moment. And we hug, and she's showing me pictures of, of your kids. And it's just a nice moment. And then you took out a, um, a bar of some kind, like a health... Uh, a like a healthy granola bar. And we thing. were having this really nice conversation, and you were chewing your bar, and there's two-thirds of the bar left. And I swatted it <laughs> out of her hand, and it exploded against the wall. Perfect. Beautiful, right? Perfect, yeah, Up top. Perfect. Oh, I mean, high fives. Wow. Oh, wow. me too. Okay, cool. Up top. Come yeah. on, get in That's, on this. This is oh, fantastic. Oh, everyone's going to high five this. Yeah, there you well, go. Okay. Yeah, because it's, exploded. A, this it's is a, a great w- bit. It's a great it, bit. It's so it? clever. And by the way, if you're at work and you're dealing with somebody and they come up to you with something really important, swat the paper out of their hand. Yes! It's a great bit. And we used to do it to this writer on this show all the time. He'd come in, he'd always have notes after every take. This guy, Tucker, and he'd come up and he'd go, hey, guys, and I'd walk by and I'd slap the paper <laughs> and walk out. And he'd be like, oh, fuck. And, you know, and it adds, like, at the end of the day, it adds, like, two hours to Andy the day. Andy Richter, <laughs> for 28 years, would be doing a late-night show, and we'd be on the road, and we'd be in front of a crowd like this, and we're in a different city, and big guests, and it's a big deal, and the blah, blah, blah. And Andy Richter would always do the thing, same thing. He'd walk up behind the stage manager, Steve, and he knew which button to push. He'd push one button, which would detach his giant rig belt that held everything that a stage manager needs, and it weighs about 40 pounds. And Andy would just walk over at some point, and the band's playing, and in front of everybody, and he'd just go, and the thing would go, ka-chang! And I laughed hard every time for 28 years. Of course. That stage manager took his life. (laughs) Took his, not Andy's life, took his own life. No, his own own life. life. And left a note that said, because of what Andy did with the belt. That's kind of funny. I think it's even funnier. (laughs) I mean, if you're looking to, you know, to heighten the joke. Yeah. If this is a good opportunity for me today, Sona, congrats on the babies. Oh, thank you so much. Very excited. And Matt. Thank you. Thank you. That's that's really great. Yeah. I'm really happy for you. Thank you. Yeah. That's cool. How's it going? How does it feel? Is this the first time you've been away from them uh, at night? No. Oh. Oh, you Sona sound has, like a terrible mother. Sona has, <laughs> Sona has spent three nights at home with the children. Yeah. Whoa. Are you serious? I yeah. still go clubbing yeah. all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot that you love clubbing. She hangs out at a bar <laughs> near the airport. And, uh... <laughs> oh, my kids are doing great. 
Um, you call them your little gentlemen. They're my little gentlemen. I love it. You dress them up in uh, little like, outfits. Like suspenders. And Clothes, and... you mean? <laughs> <laughs> what is she supposed to do? I love the way she dresses I, her kids my, I'm sorry, my wife and I... This guy's a genius, huh? We're told. I mean, <laughs> last week he was uh, interviewing Barack Obama, apparently. <laughs> yeah. And now he's complimenting people on putting clothes on their kids. You know what? I'm sorry. Oh. I'm sorry. Barack Obama was nude when I interviewed him. Was. <laughs> because he knows what I know, which is that time spent without clothing is very good this developmentally. Is scandalous. It is not scandalous. This is how he wanted to do it, and I wanted to do it. You'll read about it. It's in all the papers. The papers. The papers. The papers. <laughs> You'll the read papers. a paper. Instead of saying it's all the papers, why don't you just say, I'm old? You could have just said... <laughs> I'm constantly... I'm constantly on the podcast, constantly saying things like, um, did we get that on tape? You know? <laughs> Is that on tape? What do they say in the papers? But you know what? It's a great point. Does any, how many people here actually read a physical newspaper? Put your hand up. Not that many. No. Wow. Like eight people. This yeah. guy does. Wait. His and two of those hands were skeleton hands. His date just... <laughs> his date. <laughs> That's how old. You can't can oh laugh God. louder than that, harder than that. <laughs> I know, it's I old can. Oh, you need man. a laugh dampener. This is so... Skeleton hands went God, up. this is so sad. Oh, he's on the ground. Oh. Hang on. Oh, he's on Hang the on. ground. That's how old they Hang were. On. <sighs> Let me just get a photo of this. And it's just a reverie of my I'm own humor. He's on his back. <laughs> this is me swimming in the amniotic sac Keep of my going. own humor. Keep going, Conan. Oh, God. Oh, man, I'm such... I'm a little fetus, and I'm covered in the warm nutrients Wait, of my it. own sense of humor. I got it. Now the humiliating crawl back to the chair in front of a silent crowd. <laughs> <laughs> I will sometimes... My stupid jokes delight me more. Oh. I mentioned this, but... Sona and I were getting a bite to eat, what, a year ago or something? Yes, and we were across the street from the hospital. Uh, and suddenly I saw two men running down the street pushing an empty gurney. You know, they had an empty, they had an empty stretcher. They were going to the hospital with a stretcher, but it, no one was on it. And I went, oh my God, the invisible man had a stroke. <laughs> I laughed harder than you. Much harder. And I said it. Then 20 minutes later, I'm like, Invisible Man had a heart attack. <laughs> yeah. It's a great joke. It's one of the best jokes ever. Well, I don't know about that, but it's a, it's a <laughs> good... Look up and try to defy the internet to find a better joke ever. Uh, I just won. It's, Results are in. Wow. I just won. It's a, it's a decent joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to say you went and got on the gurney. No, no. <laughs> That takes some kind of effort. Look at it. That got real laughter from Sona. <laughs> <laughs> it's like two seconds. Like I, already, I already punched up your joke. Oh, yeah. You like that better? She oh, loved that's that. way better. No. The, the, the Invisible Man thing? Yeah, yeah Invisible on. Man had a no. stroke. Or and, then, and then you texted One that second. joke to me six hours later. Yeah, I yeah, know. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. You Thank should you. stick around more often. Yeah, I know. We'll yeah. come every day. I want to pay you a Do you guys ever want to come over onto Smartless? Yeah, I think we'd be ready to do that. Yeah, I think we'd love to have you down for that. Yeah. Yeah. Do that. Maybe tomorrow oh, or tonight. Hang, hang out with that frowny pumpkin Bateman. 
laughing hard. Going down. Oh, no. No. He's, how do you describe that for the listener? Like you're on a bicycle. I get on my back, yeah. and then I, um, I'm like a bug that's on its back, and my legs like and my arms flail as I uh, roll in the warm, nurturing fluid that is my own sense of humor. How many, now this is, uh, for a lot of people, I'm taking a lot of polls of your audience, because I'm trying to connect with them. How sure. many people, this is your first night out since all this BS started? And how is it? Pretty good, right? <laughs> yeah. Everybody else is like, no. They're like, this is this is what we this is my to do. this is my first night doing anything like going out and doing something like this in this way. Yeah, that's really nice. Yeah, yeah. And we're lucky to have you. And uh, I wouldn't do it. I did it because I love you, and I think that you're hilarious. I can say that. Yeah. And give a compliment. Trying to teach him how to give a compliment. <laughs> I want to give you a compliment. Uh, and not that this is that, you know, we're just going to trade compliments here. But um, you are one of the funniest people I know. And uh, you, since the second I met you, you and I, all we do is horse around and act like complete idiots with each other. We're never serious. No. Really? We, we, joke, we, we joke around constantly. There's never a serious moment. I mean, I've, I've known you for so long. And we both commit 100%. We, we, this is what happens anytime on the old, old show back at 30 Rock or the new show or whatever, or here tonight, what happens is Conan's here, I show up. The second we are within earshot, one of us catches a glimpse, we start doing bits, and then we end up in a room, and invariably we end up in a room, just the two of us, and everybody else leaves. Yeah. Because... <laughs> We're insufferable and we're loud and we won't stop doing and bits. And it's bits and bits and yeah. bits. Yeah. And I wanted to pay you another compliment, which is uh, my son is a huge comedy fan and loves, he's got great taste in comedy and he's 16 years old. And this is just a couple of weeks ago, he said to me, okay, I've been thinking about it a lot. Is there any character that's ever been funnier than Job on Arrested Development? And he wasn't saying that because he knows that we know each other. That was an analytical comedy brain saying that might be the best, funniest character ever. And I actually think he might have a point. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's nice, nice of him to say, nice of you to say. I had the benefit of working on that show. You know, Mitch Hurwitz, whom you know, mm -hmm. is a brilliant, brilliant writer. Yeah. And week after week, those guys just teed me up and just gave me huge softballs right across the plate. It was unbelievable. It was such a delight and, and uh, you know, I was so uh, uh, blessed to be able to play that character and fuck around in that way. Um, illusions. And um, <laughs> you got the one thing wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Your audience is so dumb. <laughs> uh, um, I, I go, oh, that's my frothing in the mirror. That audience was so dumb. <laughs> they were so dumb. Uh, but I, it was so, it was such a fun it was such a uh, it was such a fun experience and such a pleasure to be able to work on that show and and I was the beneficiary of working with so many awesome it seems like one of those things that actors say but it's true in that case we had such a great cast and uh, everybody was but you amazing. Know what the key to me is and this is something that to me makes a big difference is when 
a comedian is very skilled, but also they're 100% in as an actor. And I think very few people commit as well as Will Arnett. When you are being a horse's ass, when you are being Job, when you are being, when you are playing a part, you are in 100% and you have the gifts of a really good actor and you have the intensity and you will go in, but you're on a Segway and you're a bad magician and, <laughs> and it's all bullshit and your ideas are terrible, but you are 100% in. And to me, that is the magic of what you can do that I think is very difficult for people to pull off. I, I love the idea of a character who is so out of touch with who they are. <laughs> that to me, there's nothing, I talk about this a lot and I, I, I don't think I'm alone in this. The idea, when, when, you know, somebody who's really dumb and really confident, that is, that's such an intoxicating uh, elixir for me. And when you, when you, to, so I, I am drawn to characters who are, who have zero self-awareness. Um, and yeah, they're committed because they're committed to that thing and they have no idea where they fit in the world. And that's, and there is, so you know, people would say to me all the time, well, you love, you play assholes. And I say, no, I don't play assholes. I play, I play characters who are not right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, so there is a through line, whether it's Job or, or Bojack. Uh, you know, Bojack is a guy. Again, again, I'm, I'm the beneficiary of, you know, Raphael Bob Waxberg is an incredible writer. And he had such an incredible vision for that show and for that character and for where he came from and where he went, blah, 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 actor bullshit. But, <laughs> but, it's, but it's also simultaneously true. And, and, you know, that was, an, again, a character who was, he had an idea of who he was, but who he really was, was fucking miles from that. And it was Bojack more than Job. Job would never be able to understand who he is. He'll, he'll never get there. He's untethered um, from this world. He doesn't understand how he tied his shoes. Like, he could look at his shoes and go, my God. Who put those on there? <laughs> you know, Bojack, his problem was he started, it all started to dawn on him. And when it did, it was like, it was a cascade of sadness. <laughs> anyway, really bringing the audience up. <laughs> Let's get real. Let's get real, real. Yeah. I'm not understanding, I'm understanding very said, little of I think he said chicken dance. Right? Yeah. Look, there's a rubber chicken in I, the audience. Oh. Yeah. I thought he said, I'm near death. Those are the things I hear. That you think? I, yeah. And when everyone crowd was like, woo! I'm near death? <laughs> Is he hanging from up there? Yeah. God, you really packed him in here, Cone. Yeah, we did. Yeah. We got a great loyal following of people that came out. I mean, but in my opinion, there's no tear better than that second tear up there that feels neglected. <laughs> we were talking a little bit about about podcasts before. Uh, let's talk about the podcast space. Yeah. Now you're going to do some live podcasts, probably in a much smaller crowds than this. But my point is. <laughs> When sure. you go out and it's whatever, 99% equity waiver theaters, um, when you guys are out <laughs> and you're talking to those little groups and when they're getting tee and stuff, yeah. um, my question is, 
you could probably, you're probably learning a lot right now from me. <laughs> sure, well, look. This is like, a, you're like a, a, a guy who, you're watching Michelangelo paint his ceiling, and you're thinking, hey, I could do that too. Well, first of all, I, it is fun being in this intimate setting. It's going to be, <laughs> you know, it's nice. And I think it's a cute crowd. And <laughs> cute crowd. This is this the is largest. A, this is a cute this is, crowd. This is a repurposed. This is a repurposed aircraft hangar for these Spruce Goose. <laughs> we have upwards of 55 million people in here tonight. <laughs> And I saw, you didn't see what I saw. I watched Will walk out. He had no idea. He thought, oh, Conan and his chums, his whack pack, his gang of kooks are doing a live podcast. Yeah, this is an afternoon drive show you do, right? Oh, yeah. It is. Wonka, wonka. And anyway, you thought, oh, I'm just going to walk out there. There'll be maybe 30, 40 people. Mm. You see the largest gathering of human beings in recorded history staring at you. And I saw the blood drain from your face. I saw pure panic on your part. It's true. I did. I did go. You had no idea you were walking into this. No, I had no idea. I, uh, yeah, you can probably tell I'm blown away. (laughs) (laughs) To, uh, we are, we are going on tour though. You are going on tour. Yeah, yeah. we are going on tour with the, with the Smartless podcast, wherever you get your podcast. But, um, and get it one week early on Wondery, but the, here's the thing. Because <laughs> that's not a big deal. But no, we, we are, d- but it is. lag time. I mean, this it, thing gets right out. I mean, we, we cook this muffin and we get it right to the consumer, <laughs> piping hot. You make a muffin and then you hang on to it but, for a week. You keep it in your jeans. <laughs> you keep it in the back seat of your Toyota Corolla. It gets cold. And then you say to people a week later, here, you take this. I can't eat it anymore. That's By the way, the wondery way. <laughs> By the way, you just described your show as a muffin. So a delicious muffin. Who doesn't like a muffin? Everybody loves a muffin. A piping hot, delicious, fresh muffin, not some muffin I selfishly kept to myself for a week. Anyway, go ahead. This this couple down here, they're arguing about whether they like a muffin right now. <laughs> they're like, you do love a muffin. She, she's like, I hate muffins. They love muffins. They missed the whole thing. <laughs> what? The muffin that Matt's had in his pants. Oh. Uh-oh. Oh. Okay, sorry, I opened that. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's just hope they're Ubering. But... <laughs> but I would say, like, do... Sure. I don't know. And... and uh, Doing this podcast, have you guys done a live show before? No, it's the first one. This first. is the first one? Yeah. yeah. We chose you. We chose you. No way. We chose you. Out of all the people you could have had? Yeah. I, 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 all joking aside, um, you were the top choice for me. What? Yeah. You're, very, you're, the, you're hilarious. I wouldn't choose me. <laughs> well, no. Yeah. We did it. We did it. We did it. Yeah. <laughs> But this is, doing the podcast is such a different, uh, this has been such a different experience of, here's what I will say. I didn't realize how much fun you could have doing a podcast until I came and did it with you guys. You guys, that's true. 
because you guys are really, really funny in the way that you guys talked, and, the, and the, it was so loose, and it felt like a, it felt like the perfect transition for you from the show, and I've done the show, your other show in various incarnations over 30 times over the years. Yeah. Uh, and it was always a lot of fun. But doing the podcast, this is the perfect thing. It, w it was like, this was the natural progression. Well, also, I think for, for comedy... Yes. Uh, I think for comedy... Yes. We would always, uh, for years and years and years, do comedy and you have to do six and seven minute turns. And then you got to turn it around yeah. and you got to change gears and then ramp it up again and say, okay, we're back. And some great things can happen and a lot of great things did happen and I loved it, but the great discovery of this, uh, this beautiful discovery, and I know that the podcast have been around for a really long time and, and I would listen to them and I would really like them, as a comedian, think, realizing that you can go on a riff and you can find things and I can talk to you for 45 minutes, for 50 minutes, I can talk to someone for an hour, things, things don't have to have this very short, concise bang they can go on and on and on and on and on and on and on. Why aren't you breaking eye contact with me? <laughs> Why do you keep? No, no it really, it really is a nice discovery. Well, we, like when you, we, you go and you do the show. If you do like a late night talk show, everybody, I don't know how many people know this, but you work with one of your producers will yeah. call. Yeah. In, in, in your case, it was Frank Smiley would call me. Yep. And and, and sure, Frank. Yes. Frank Smiley. Love Frank Smiley. And, and you do a pre-interview. And so you talk about stuff like, what's going on in your life? Has anything fun happened? And you're, and you're you know, usually those are the moments you realize, like, I haven't done anything. <laughs> My life is so boring. Right. Uh, and then you come on the show and you end up talking about stuff. But, and then you have six minutes to interview me. And then you're, like, hitting all these bullet points. Yep. And if you hit three of them, you're happy. And if you get six laughs, you're even happier. And then you're out and it's done and it's so weird. And this is such a great way to actually sit around and have a conversation and get to know people. And yeah. And it is, it's really, you know, it's funny. You just, when you were t talking about that, you just reminded me, and of course, everyone's been thinking about, about him a lot lately, uh, Norm MacDonald. But yeah. one of the, the reason I bring up Norm is Norm, you were describing everybody was following the same rules as a talk show host, which is, okay, you've got to come on, you've got to come up with three or four stories, they've got to have a beginning, middle, and then pay off. It's got to be something that really happened to you. Norm was this Picasso who decided the eyes don't have to be where the eyes really are, the nose doesn't have to be. He blew it all up and he would tell stories that were completely fake. I know. They were 100 years old, they were corny jokes, and he would just tell them like they happened to him. <laughs> and I remember the first time he did that, me talking to him and thinking, okay, well, he's got these different, you know, I don't know what we're gonna talk about here. And he'd come out and he'd go like, hey, go on an hour, how's it going? And I'd be like, oh, enormous going, but what's going on with you? I, uh, I bought a farm. <laughs> I'm like, what, you bought a farm? He'd be like, yeah, I bought a farm. And I've, uh, I've got three daughters, each prettier than the next. <laughs> And Andy would be sitting there, and Andy's from the Midwest, and he'd be like, wait a minute, I know this joke. This is a joke my grandfather told me. And he'd be like, one has a peg leg, the other has an eye patch, and the third one, she had a wheelbarrow. And it's just a joke. <laughs> and he, he would dresses, do it. dresses it and up as a story. And he would dress it all up, and I would think, you asshole. 
that's the most genius thing in the world because who really wants to hear what a celebrity, you know, we're all like, well, I should, there is that funny time that I over-tipped a little bit, I'll tell that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, no one wants to hear that. Nobody. They want to hear a joke from 1911. He was, he was like the gold, watching him on your show was the gold standard yeah. of, and, and I, he was one of those guys, I didn't know Norm at all. I, I wish I had, I'd never met him. And, but I would hear all these great stories. I remember watching him on your show once years ago. It was the dumbest bit where he was doing something and Andy, he made some terrible joke and you went, what? And Andy went, what? And he goes, oh, listen to this guy. He's been downloading male porn all day. <laughs> and, and Andy, like apropos of nothing. And Andy's like, what? <laughs> I heard the funniest story. We can cut this from the podcast. So it'll just be between us. Uh -huh. But I heard the funniest story years ago. So right around the time that MySpace, and I, I would, I, stories about Norm, you just want to absorb them because yeah. they're always so funny. And as funny as he was on shows and stuff, he was just funny like that all the time, evidently, out in the world. Yeah. So he, uh, years ago, uh, when MySpace was a big deal, and you put all your money on it, I remember you sold your house and you put everything... Do as I do. Do as I do. <laughs> I'm, sleeping, I'm sleeping in the alley tonight outside the theater. So, so Conan parked my car when I got here. Um, so, so MySpace was a big thing, and the first person to really monetize it or, or figure out a way to use it to benefit their career was Dane, the comedian Dane Cook, who's fine. Yeah. I don't know the guy at all, and he's fine. But he had really kind of made a name for himself by getting followers yep. on MySpace. So I remember Sedegas told me that he was going up to 30 Rock one day to just rehearse on SNL or something, and, and he sees Norm downstairs, and Norm says, uh, hey, uh, hey, Jason, uh, who's, on the, uh, who's hosting the show this week there? And Sedegas goes, uh, oh, it's, uh, it's Dane Cook. And Norm goes, oh, yeah, 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 that, guy, uh, that guy's a genius. <laughs> And Sudeikis goes, oh, yeah? And he goes, no, 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 a computer genius. <laughs> That's such a funny joke. That's so funny that he just, in the moment. Here's another one. I just heard this. Don't tell anybody I yeah. told you that. Yeah. This is one I heard recently, because since when he passed away, you heard all these stories from all these people, but Norm liked to bet. You know, Norm, Norm liked to, he liked to gamble and he liked to bet, and he borrowed $200 from someone at SNL. And then the guy, person kept coming up to him and saying, hey, can I get that $200? And he's like, uh, I don't know. And in that Norm way, kind of getting out of the room and shambling away in all angles and elbows. And uh, the guy kept asking him for it, and the guy went, hey, come on, man, that means a lot to me. I had 200 bucks, I want my 200 bucks. He went, hey, you lost 200 bucks. I lost $5,000, leave me alone. <laughs> he just got yelled at the guy. You think you got problems? I got bigger problems. <laughs> What's amazing is people don't realize is that Norm at the time in the 90s when, when the OJ trial was oh going God, on. Yeah. Well, let's be clear, we're not cheering the OJ yeah. murder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's just be very, I'm gonna, we're cheering uh, Norm's heroic yeah. comedic response to that terrible event. Yeah. There you go. We're, we're, on the, we're on record having said that. Yeah. 
And, and so he's, he's on the show, and at the time, the guy who was running NBC really wanted, he was friends with, evidently was friends with OJ, oh, yeah. and wanted Norm to stop. So I, I think maybe a bunch of people here might be too young to appreciate how much Norm's boss was telling him to stop doing, doing, making jokes about OJ, and he was told, you, you gotta stop. And that weekend, Norm comes down and he goes, uh, He's on Weekend Update. He says, uh, it turns out the uh, Los Angeles Police Department uh, admitted today that they had planned to uh, frame O.J. Simpson for those murders until they got to the crime scene, and it turned out he did it. (laughs) (laughs) But also... He just doubled down. Yeah, and then he would stare at the camera. He would stare at the camera and hold, which is this incredible middle finger in comedy. Incredible. Turns out he did it, and he would stare at the camera... And even if the crowd wasn't laughing, he would stare at them like, you heard what I said. Yeah. And his job was on the line. Yeah. A pretty... Well, that's a big... That's a point that I try to make again and again and again, is that there are a lot of people um, who talk about being brave in comedy and bravery and... Thank and you. And I think... No. <laughs> <laughs> the risks of falling off a Segway. Uh... <laughs> But no, there, and um, it's rare. It doesn't happen that often, but uh, Norm is one of those people, and it doesn't happen that often. People that they, their careers are hurt by the chances they're taking. Their careers are, ab- are, are he, he would do things that would get in the way of him advancing in show business, uh, whether it was his, his, his stint on the ESPYs or what he did at SNL. He would do things that would impede him from moving up the ladder and there are a lot of people that don't take any risks and then s- get credit for being brave. And that's where you lose me, Will, you know? That's oh, really... wait. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, wait, you're talking about me? No, no, I, a different Will. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you're talking about Farrell. I, I'm talking about Will Farrell, yeah. yeah. Man, Farrell. He's man. the worst. He's the worst He's guy you'll ever... He's such a monster. <sighs> Mr. Nice Guy. I love that people who listen to podcasts can't see her face, so they don't know. They're like, they don't know. They think we really do hate we, each other. <laughs> we hate, and then we hate Will Ferrell. Um, Will Ferrell is a good guy. And then, uh, yeah, then, then you, I guess. Um, I, uh... Oh, someone wants to talk to just Sona now. Oh. Sona, what did they ask you? They said, how's your baby? Yeah, how's your, how, are you, how are your babies? Oh, how are your babies? I thought they were just asking about one. I thought, that is so rude. <laughs> how is one of your two babies? <laughs> hey, I had a baby too. That's right. I didn't, again, I didn't, you, I didn't have the baby. Yeah. Just to be clear. Well, listen, you've been um, a delightful friend and human being to come out here on our first live podcast when you've yeah. got other things to do. Yep. And uh, I, will, I will go on record and say uh, this is one of the funniest people I know, and every time we hang out, uh, I get so giddy that my wife has to probably just pretty much calm me down afterwards because <laughs> I behave like such an ass. And uh, you're delightful. You're a really great friend. And I'm also very, very happy for the success of, uh, of your podcast. And you guys are killing it. Thank and, you. Thanks, man. Um, you know. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And, yeah. and just, this is a very special man. Ladies and gentlemen, 
Let's give it up for Mr. Will Arnett. Thank, Thank you, you, Will. It really is true. The minute he showed up, we were doing, we were acting like fools backstage. Yep. Yeah. And didn't go over anything that we were going to talk about. <laughs> it's one of the least professional relationships I've ever had. Yes. But still, he's a delight. Definitely. I've seen, I've seen you guys run into each other at a restaurant, and then it just becomes like this riff off. Like, eh, let's. Well, hold on. Okay. <laughs> what we do together is not just, nah, you know. <laughs> I can't believe you reduced it to that. Sorry. Seriously, who is looking after your children tonight? I'm worried now. My mom and dad are. They're, you know, they're, my parents are Gil and Nadia. Over. Yeah, Gil and Nadia Movsesian, the two best uh, grandparents in the world. Yeah, they're, they're great. They're them. killing it. You are. are so lucky because um, you have this amazing community of people. Yes. That, that uh, family that have swept in. You have not even held these children yet. No. They're... <laughs> There, seriously, every time I call her, she's relaxing, she's in the hot tub, she's chilling, <laughs> she's having her margies, that's what you call your margaritas, I think it's lame. Your <laughs> margies, um, but, but yeah. Uh, but, and your gummies and whatever you're having. Okay. Uh, your gummies with margies, which seems unsafe. Um, <laughs> but you just, uh, I, I gotta say, it's amazing that you have that much help. I, we have a lot, I mean, tax parents too come over often too to help us out. I mean, between my parents and his parents, you're right, we just, you know, but also, I don't know I what to, my kids look like. I wanna say, and I mean this sincerely, you always think I'm making fun or something, but I'm not. You there are. Is, I'm not, there is something about the Armenian community and the way yes. of them coming together and they are, they are just rock stars in yep. the way that they help you. I'm sorry, that did not happen. In, when, I, when, I, when my children were born, Irish people were like, ah, good luck with that. Uh, <laughs> arr, arr. Are there pirates? More, uh, <laughs> what is happening? Yeah, I think it's because you have a family of pirates. Uh, yeah. That's fewer taters for us. <laughs> no one helped. No, 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 my family stepped up to the plate to help. I'm, we were left alone. The Armenians help each other. We do. We also don't move away from each other. I mean, that's right. Like, you know. Sona lives. In, uh, their houses are all on top of each other, <laughs> and it's not an apartment complex. They're actual houses <laughs> that have been stacked like in a, like a Legos, just one on top of the other. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Hmm, okay. That's good. All right. I don't. Did you want me to improv with you? Sure. Yeah. About a little bit. Houses yeah. right now. You're getting paid. You know. Okay. Or whatever. Yeah. Houses stacked on top of each other. Yeah. Let, let's just know. let her go on this. Let's huh? let her go on this. Okay. Hey, yeah. I'm You're not good the at, improv one. What, so what is it you do? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, it's honestly. the beauty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the beautiful thing about Sona, and there are many beautiful things about Sona, is that she's always Sona. Whatever happens in any situation, she's always 100% herself. And most people are changed by an, an experience. Not Sona. Oh, yeah. Thank you. So that day, I ran into uh, Kumail Nanjiani recently, and he reminded me of the time that he wasn't able to make it to our show, and so at the last second, we put you on. Right. And here's the thing. You do that with anyone else, it would change them, the lights and the camera, and they would get self-conscious and all this weird stuff would happen, and they would be different, or afterwards, they'd be saying, they'd be checking out online, what did people think? It all blew up, Sona was super famous, didn't care. Uh, you I don't were know like, get me famous. my weed, get me... Uh, <laughs> I want to go home. I want to watch Gigolos. Uh, I didn't say that. I no. want to watch one of my shows like Flip Flop or Flap. Uh, <laughs> flip Flop whatever, or Flap? Whatever, at least, whatever, Desperate Ladies. I want to watch that. I don't yeah. know what that is. 
you better take control here, Gordon. All right, boss, it's time we got to pay the bills. We got to head over to the lectern. Ah. Yeah, here we go. Let's take a second. <laughs> <laughs> hey, planning to take the GRE, GMAT, LSAT, or MCAT? <laughs> well, you've got this. And Magoosh! Online test prep can help! Magoosh! Magoosh! What are we doing? <laughs> it's insane. I go down the street and people yell at me, Magoosh! Magoosh provides the flexibility to study from home with tons of practice questions, study schedules, video lessons, and free apps. One student says, shout out to the math videos for really helping me understand some concepts I've struggled with for years. No one ever fucking said that. <laughs> hey, shout out to the math gang. <laughs> Discuss your memories of studying. Nope. <laughs> This is an ad that I'm only reading. We're not even getting paid for this ad. I'm only reading it because I fell in love with saying, Amagoosh! Oh, I love that. Ha! It's time to say a good word about Mizzen and Main! <laughs> this is another one I'm not even getting paid. We're making no money here. I just wanted to stand in front of a crowd of what I think could be over 800 billion people <laughs> and say, Mizzen and Main! They make dress shirts for men that fit everything, if you know what I'm saying, that's ever been wrong with shirts. By using high quality performance fabrics, breath, stretch, and wick away moisture. That's a problem for us guys, right, Gorley? Huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> Athletic wear disguised as a dress shirt. You can give someone a judo chop and then do the accounting. Mizzen and Main shirts are super comfortable, yeah! The best part, these shirts do not require dry cleaning. In fact, if you send them to the dry cleaners, you'll be murdered! <laughs> if I'm not getting paid, why am I even doing this? Because <laughs> it's too much fun to say Mizzen and Main! Oh, they're so comfortable, I love them! I've lost my mind. Don't be a male chump, use male chimp. <laughs> hey, is, not, is that not the best name for a product you've ever heard in your life? Male chimp. It's, the business of, it's in the business of growing businesses, right, Sona? Uh, what? <laughs> no matter what stage you're in, MailChimp smart marketing platform can help you grow and get your brand out there. You're more than a small business, and MailChimp's got more intelligent marketing tools to help you grow it. Jimmy, give me a little music behind this. I really want to sell MailChimp. Ah, with marketing automations, design tools, and recommendations that all work together to help you sell more stuff. MailChimp, built for growing businesses. MailChimp, it's a friend of mine. <laughs> this is a true story. When we started doing the podcast, someone said, here's the problem, Conan. You may have to read ads. I read one, and I said, what's the problem? <laughs> 
This is the most fun. I think I have more fun doing the ads than anything. They went to the sponsors and said, here's the problem. He might want to read your ads. Yeah. Yeah, after that. And then they would say, oh, remember Fracture Prints? Oh, yeah. 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 Fracture Prints was this company. I mean, I'm sure it still is. Good job, Fracture. Anyway. <laughs> I'm not so sure. They stopped buying ads with us. I wonder why. But anyway, I started having a blast because... Uh, Fracture's whole thing was, you don't want to have a photograph on paper anymore. You want it reproduced on glass. That's the best way to have a picture. And so I decided I was going to sell that concept so hard. Yeah. So I started doing ads where I'm like, the other day this old woman started showing me a picture of her grandchild and it was on paper and I said, get that piece of shit away from me. <laughs> and I knocked it out of her hands and then I chased her down the street. Because I thought, why isn't this on glass? <laughs> Fracture puts things on glass. <laughs> the other day, someone showed me an original copy <laughs> of the United States Declaration of Independence. <laughs> and I wiped my ass with it. Because <laughs> I was like, why isn't this a fracture print on glass? <laughs> I would lose my mind doing those. <laughs> what? I would get what? so worked up. Yeah. What happened? I don't know. And they don't buy ads with us anymore. No, because you do their ads for free time and time again. Yeah, you save Fracture all the time. I know, that's the, the other problem is I would get so tickled with it. I do stuff like that. I'm, we're not getting paid for any of those. That was just for fun. And they're like, we don't have to pay this idiot anything. Yeah. If we have a name like Magoosh... He'll just say it over and over and over again. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we've got one final treat this evening, and uh. we're going to uh, take some voicemails from some callers here on okay. stage. Let's okay. do it. This is very exciting. Um, our first caller is Ben from Toronto, Ontario. Ben, you're live on the air. Hello. Wow. Hi, Conan. Hi, Santa. Hi, Matt. Hi. Hi. Hello, Ben. <laughs> ben, where are you right now? <laughs> Sorry? You're in, where is he calling from? Toronto? He's from Toronto, Ontario. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, sounds like he's in the it's room. It's an amazing connection. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> from, um, from Toronto, I uh, originally am from Australia. Keep in mind, this is a voicemail message. <laughs> <laughs> this man, he's just incredible, this guy. <laughs> The things that he foresaw, the chances he took with his voicemail message to sync up so exactly with what we were talking about. Sir, how can I help you? So my question is, uh, so throughout the podcast, you've uh, made a lot of celebrity friends. So my question is, who would be your uh, celebrity emergency contact? Ooh. Oh, that's a really good question. Yeah. That's a really good question. Yes. Um... I'm going to say, uh, all jokes aside, like I, be I actually became good friends with Timothy Oliphant, who's yeah. a terrific actor and a wonderful person. And I would, uh, I think I would put him down as my celebrity contact because, uh-oh, what? I mean, I felt like the obvious choice would have been Barack Obama. <laughs> He's not, I don't think he would come. I, I don't no, think he, he would show up. <laughs> No, I, no I, 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 look, he's a great figure, but no, if I put Barack, if they call Barack Obama and say Conan fell on his bicycle <laughs> when he was on San Vicente and uh, his knee's a little messed up, 
He's not going to do anything. He's not going to come. Uh, I, I was thinking, like, if you went to jail. And, like, he's not going to do anything if I go to jail. Yeah, okay. He's going to say, wait, who? And they're going to go, Conan O'Brien. And he'll be like, oh, right, yeah, what does he want? He's in jail. No. Uh, there, no one's even going in the room to tell him that. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm going to say Tim Oliphant. He's a great guy. He's funny. He's the handsomest guy that ever lived. Yeah. He'd come into the emergency room. Everybody would suddenly get all excited. I'd look cool because Tim Oliphant's my friend. Yeah. And he'd really care about me because I brought him up on the podcast as my best contact. So. Would he come? Would he take care of you? Do you he, think would. he would. Tim yeah. Oliphant's that kind of guy. He would yeah. do it. Okay. You know, and for all the nice stuff that Will and I said back and forth, he's not going to come either. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. He's busy talking Bateman off a ledge, you know? <laughs> <laughs> So you got screwed out of Teen Wolf DVD, you know, it's whatever. Uh, it's, it's not a big deal. Uh, the residuals, uh, they run out after a time. You shouldn't still get paid, you know? Uh, um, yeah, I'm going to say Tim Oliphant. But thank, thank you, you very ben. much for your wonderful message. Thank you, Ben. Thank you. <laughs> All right, next caller is Addy from Tempe, Arizona. Hi, guys. Hi. What's your name again? It's Addy. Addy. Mm-hmm. A-D-D. A-D-I. T- oh, A-D-I. It's okay. half of my full name. Got it. Yeah, because I'm not really from Tempe. I just had to write that so I don't get deported. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't worry. We won't disclose your current location. No. <laughs> this is just a voice. We are not so. tracing this call. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, so my question was... Um, if the three of you were born in the Dark Ages, what would each of your roles be? And who would die first? Can I say, honestly, I know that Sona would kick ass in... Yeah. I think Sona would kick ass in any century because Sona's tough. I mean this. This That's is a compliment. because nice, I, I was going in a different direction. No, no, no. You would... I don't care. Whatever century, whatever situation you're born into... You would totally... Uh, first of all, you never get sick. Yeah, ever, no. ever get sick. I get sick all the time, yeah. and I'm constantly having to go to the doctor just because I'm doing shows. I have to go, I have to go get this shot, or I have to get that shot, or I have to go take some medication. Sona's always like, just bite into some garlic and suck it up. <laughs> That's what we do in Armenia, so shut up. Yeah. And it works. I think... I, I, I put my money on you. I think you would probably do fine, Matt, because you'd be like some snake oil salesman. You, no, he could build anything. Yeah, you'd tinker and build things and you'd sell people elixirs that don't work and then you'd move on to the next town. I think I'd be killed immediately for being such an annoying fuck. Yeah. You don't think you'd be like the minstrel bard? In a no, I'd be the minstrel that danced around a little bit and then the king, within eight seconds, yes, yes. would have me murdered. Off with his head. Yeah, it would be Game of Thrones' red wedding. I just... 50 arrows would all hit me in the crotch from various spots. So um, I think Sona would do best yes. uh, in, in any... Uh, and I, I do believe, I'm not just saying this, yeah. I think, uh, I do think, and I say this about my own wife, she's just much stronger than I am in every way. I think you win. Okay. And then uh, Gorley with his uh, weird skills, uh, <laughs> his potions and his powders and his w- strange wizard hat that he would make out of felt. You'll get by and be just fine. And then uh, there's me, killed immediately by an unamused king. 
But don't you think the lack of tweed will impede Gourley? Oh. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes. Yeah. Until tweed's invented, he yeah. doesn't really come into a four. Thank you for listening yeah. so regularly to the podcast <laughs> yeah. and for understanding what a strange, fringe weirdo Gourley is. Yeah. Thank you, sir. I appreciate Thanks, it. Addie. Thanks, Addie. Thanks, Addie. Addie lives at 329 Riverside Boulevard in Tempe, Arizona. <laughs> All right. Up next is... Uh, uh, Sandra Santos from West Covina, California. Oh, Sandra. Wow, let's, nearby. Let's, let's listen to this voicemail. Sandra. Hi, guys. Um, my boyfriend and I broke up two weeks ago. Oh. Uh, yeah. But we decided to attend this show together to lift our spirits. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. Um. What? <laughs> Go to the standing. You, wait a minute. <laughs> was it a bad breakup? Uh, no, there's no good break. Yeah, it was a bad breakup. Is, are you here with him now? Yeah, he's up there. Well, oh, why is he up there and you're down here? We needed space. <laughs> <laughs> you broke up with this guy, but you decided that you were going to come to see the live podcast, yeah. but then you sat separately from him. Where are, where is he? He's up there in the nosebleeds. <laughs> what's your name, what's his name? Brett. Brett, come down here now. <laughs> Brett, come to me, Brett. Brett, I've been where you are, man. Come on down, Brett. I see him moving. Yeah. Here comes Brett, Brett's coming. This is gonna take a while. It's gonna take Brett, a this minute. is gonna take, we're gonna need some editing on the podcast because he is at least He's at least a quarter mile away from where I'm standing right now. Yeah. yeah. It's going to take a minute. Are you comfortable being in the same spaces as Brett right now? Yeah, I feel safe. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm here too, so. No, I don't mean in that way. I'm clearly asexual, but I'm, you know, uh, you're, you're, this is a good space. Is there anything, do you want us to help resolve this conflict? Well, he's, he's moving to Chicago because he doesn't like L.A. Right. Um, uh. All right. Whoa. Ladies and gentlemen, the, the, the crowd is turning on Brent, who right now is making his way to the stage. But he So in the, in the moments between when the crowd cheered him and the time it's taking him to get to the stage, the crowd now hates him. As someone who ended a relationship just to get away from the shithole that is Los Angeles. Hey! A town that everyone else here has embraced. So now Brent is in a perilous situation. Brent, would you please step up to the microphone, please? No, wait a minute. We're going to give him a chance. Brent, first of all, please approach the microphone. And tilt the microphone up so it's facing you now because you're quite a bit taller and then you can adjust the height as you each speak. Sorry to really get it so granular, and, but that's the way it is. Thank you for explaining that for me. That's okay, Brent. Brent, who initiated the breakup? It was mutual. Oh. It's never mutual! Sandra. Yes. Was it mutual? No. No. Whoa! Oh! Oh! So, Sandra, you wanted the relationship to continue? No. Oh! 
Wait a minute, how did I become Jerry Springer? Yeah. I worked, I, I worked really hard on a comedy career. Jerry, Jerry, no, no, Jerry. No, 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 stop, Sona, Sona, don't do that. I swear to God, this is horrifying. I crafted a comedy career day in and day out with great care and precision, and now I'm here with you two, and it's all come down to this. Yeah, yeah. This is terrible. Um, okay, so what can I do? Is there anything that I can do? What do you want from me? Um, well, originally I wanted to see if you could sing a song for us as a fair, as a fun farewell to him. Um, but in lieu of that, if you have any advice, that would be good too. <laughs> I'll go with the song. <laughs> Should we wrap it up? Yeah. yeah. And that's good. That's yeah. Good. Hey guys, you know what? I'm going to do that right now. I'm going to wrap this show up with a song for this lovely couple. You'll understand why I'm doing it. Uh, we're going to also, after that, wrap up the show, but I want to give it up for two people who really do make this podcast possible and they make it really fun. Matt Gorley. Stand up, Matt. Guys, you should know something. Matt busts his ass working on the podcast. He really makes it sing. He does a great job. I give him shit, but he's terrific. The one and only Sonam Obsession. Best mom in the world. Not a great assistant. Sorry. No, you're terrific. You were great. All right. Uh, I think I'll just end it with a song, right? Should we do a song for this couple? And you know what? If this doesn't fix your relationship, well, it won't because I'm not a musician. Anyway, let's try it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not going to sing Cockaroo, which isn't even a song. Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, rent the booze, climb the fence, books and pens, I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Walk with me, Susie Lee, through the park and by the tree, we will rest upon the ground, look at all the bugs we've found, safely walk to school without a sound. No one else, we walk to school all by ourselves We will earn our uniforms from chasing all the ants and worms We clean up and now it's time to learn We clean up and now it's time to learn We don't notice any time pass We don't notice anything Sit side by side in every class Teacher thinks that I sound funny But she likes it when you sing Tonight I'll dream my in bed Silly thoughts run through my head About the bugs and alphabet When we wake tomorrow I'll bet That you and I will walk together again I can tell that we are gonna be 
Everybody, you guys were great. Thank you very much. Really, thank you for turning out for our first live podcast. We might do, you know what, do another one. This was a lot of fun. Thank you guys. God bless. I see a big future for this couple right here. Let's hear it for them. O'Brien Needs a Friend, with Conan O'Brien, Sona Movsesian, and Matt Gourley. Produced by me, Matt Gourley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Joanna Solitaroff, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Take it away, Jimmy. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. Engineering by Will Beckton. Talent Booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review read on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf.